the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Good afternoon on this Tuesday. Dot, dot, dot with the Tuesday in Lent. It's Big John Mina sitting in for one. This is Big John sitting in on the big 99.9 FM and AM 1380 with the Big John. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show, Big John's going to be back a little bit later. Good afternoon, one and all. It is Juan. It is John DePietro. This portion of the program is brought to you by, excuse me, Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, let me tell you about Ryan's Appliance Repair. As we say, if your appliance is dying, everybody, just call Ryan with the big John. That's right. Just call Ryan, 401-710-7096. For example... Ryan's Appliance made an appearance in the home of Juan yesterday. Uh, there was a problem with the refrigerator. What was the problem? The, uh, the thing broke off. So if you try to shut one of the doors, the way it opens and folds like that, it wouldn't do that. That was not a problem for Ryan's Appliance Repairing. They fixed it. There was also a problem with the dishwasher. You know how you like take it out and then you take the glasses out and then the bottom, and then you take one of those things went wrong. So suddenly we couldn't, it was crooked and it was always a problem. Guess, you know, I don't want to be Karnak here, but take a wild guess who repaired the dishwasher. Ryan's appliance repair. Folks, so that's five appliances he has fixed in my home. I've told the story about the dryer. I've told the story about the microwave and then the oven. And then yesterday it was. Boy, when the hits keep coming, yesterday it was the refrigerator and then the dishwasher. So Ryan's Appliance Repair, it's that simple. Now, someone might say, Juan, why don't you on a Saturday, why don't you just fit? No, that's not happening. Number one, I'm just, I don't have that. If uh, if the, the terrorist put me in a room and gave me a screwdriver and said, you know, you have one hour to fix this, whatever it is, dishwasher or dryer or washing machine, or we're going to like destroy the eastern half of the of the world, I, and then, then, you know, then bombs away. I mean, because I, I can't do that. It doesn't matter. And it's not even matter that I wouldn't want to. I just don't know how to. But fortunately, uh, we have Ryan's Appliance Repair. I know that's a very extreme example, by the way. But uh, Juan tends to be dramatic sometimes. Folks, Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Let me explain this to you. If you're listening right now, if you can hear my voice, Mr., and whether you're in uh, Rhode Island, Mass, although he likes to keep it to mostly Rhode Island. Um, but anyhow, and you have an appliance that's not working properly. And by the way, that's no reflection on you or the appliance. Things can go wrong, but he will fix it. He will come to your home. You'd be surprised some of the homes he's been in. And by the way, they're very safe and they have masks and the whole thing. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Again. Refrigerator, little thing broke off suddenly. You know, we had to shut one door first, then shut the other door. Like, come on. Nope, didn't matter. He fixed it. And then the uh, the dishwasher would not slide in and out. Trying to, Juan's trying to remove the glasses. And Travis is wondering, what's going on with that thing? Why is it there? Rum is, you know, barking. What's wrong? The dishwasher's not working properly. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401 710 7096. Uh, bring them into your home. On top of that, many times when Ryan goes in, there are several appliances that are not working properly. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Well, folks, good afternoon on this. Uh, well, it's, it was sunny Tuesday. Anyhow, I'm seeing that it may actually rain a little bit. Hey, listen, anything to get rid of the snow. I don't care if it rains next hour. Now, there is a hearing going on right now regarding what happened with the Capitol. And I do want to dip into it. So I want to go in and out. I've been monitoring it. Some of it, it's very interesting. And there are, there is several things that have come out of it. And it's things I've been talking about. That that Capitol Police officer was not beaten to death. I've told you that. That was a lie. Cicilline and they were lying about that. His family said he wasn't even hit with the fire extinguisher. They think he had an allergic reaction to the tear gas and pepper spray that the Capitol Police used. So if there's going to be a lawsuit, maybe it's going to be on them. Uh, they were also revealing that there were members of Antifa that were there. Aha. Uh-huh. So I want to dip in. I'm not going to go the whole time. I do have audio that I'm going to put up on the website a little bit later. Someone sent me Governor Mundo, 
who now they believe that her nomination is going to be next week. Uh, full Senate vote. But let me dip in a little bit. This is uh, Republican Oklahoma talking to the ex-Capitol police officer. Let's just dip into this a little bit. That is correct. And just for your information, the RNC uh, pipe bomb, that was one that was really run by uh, Capitol Police. The DNC Metropolitan ended up taking that and running that so we can run two concurrently. Uh, That resulted in the evacuation of two congressional buildings, the um, Cannon House office building as well as one of the Library of Congress buildings. So it, it, it took extensive resources. So the assault in the Capitol is not what caused the evacuation of those buildings. The discovery of those pipe bombs is what caused the evacuation of those buildings. That is correct, sir. Uh, there's been quite a bit of conversation today and quite a few members here that have talked about the National Guard and the length of time that it took to be able to go through the bureaucratic process to be able to get them deployed. I, I, I do think that needs to be shortened, obviously, in, in a deployment structure and the complexity of the bureaucracy here. But it seems to be a misunderstanding on this dais of some individuals describing the National Guard as if they're the riot police that can automatically be called out. They're not, were you expecting them to be like a, a rapid response SWAT team at this point? Well, what's a typical response from the National Guard to be able to call them out when they are not currently positioned? I, I believe the typical response once they are, they're approved is approximately two hours. Okay, but then the approval process is obviously multiple hours to do that or multiple days to do that. You had started that process several days before in making some requests. So that, that, that is correct. As far as the process, you know, my, my initial request was over to uh, Mr. Irving. It was actually an in-person request on the, uh, on the 4th. Uh, and it wasn't until the evening of the 4th that I talked to General Walker that he informed me that uh, if needed, because Mr. Stinger wanted me to ask him if they could lean forward, they could get 125. Right. If needed in a fairly, fairly quick fashion, once approved. So that's when, what led into January 6th when we made the initial request at 109. But that 125 individuals from the National Guard that were prepared to be able to move faster because they were in streets and different places doing traffic duty at that point, you had already been informed that the uh, city of Washington, D.C. and the mayor's office had made a request to DOD and DOD had approved it that none of them would be armed, none of them would be have heavy gear on, there would be no military vehicles that would be available to them, they had to use unmarked vans and other government vans, and there would be no helicopters that would be used, those were prohibited that day for those 125 individuals that were already on the street. Is that correct? So just for a correction, at the time, no, I did not know that was the restrictions being placed on them. And uh, two, when I talked to General Walker the evening of uh, the 4th, which was Monday evening, the 125 he was going to give us were 125 that were doing COVID relief for the District of Columbia, not assigned to the traffic post. Okay, so the individuals that were assigned to traffic duty had no weapons, had no military vehicles to move, had no overhead uh, visual on anything. That had all been requested no from the city uh, of Washington, D.C. And then for the other individuals that could be assigned to you as a rapid force, those are folks that were currently doing COVID duty. So you had no SWAT team. This description is very interesting to me around this dais that people think that suddenly the National Guard just bursts in uh, and is ready to go on that. That's not what the National Guard is prepositioned to do. That, that is correct. Uh, anytime we've requested the National Guard, they've been in an unarmed uh, fashion. Uh, I was looking for them to help support the perimeter that we, were estab- that we had established. Okay. There's been some concern. I've talked to some of the officers here, and there's obviously been some uh, conversation around this dais as well about the rules of engagement and about training and authorization. Uh, there, there wasn't uh, training for what to do if a mass group actually comes through the door uh, and tries to burst through, whether it's an insurrection uh, type event, whether it's just a mob that's gone crazy and whatever maybe or protest that gets out of hand uh, to be able to burst through the door. There was no clarity for the officers inside the building on their rules of engagement once they actually came to the building. They literally, my impression is, had to make it up on their own and they determined their stand was going to be where the members and the staff were located. That was going to be their stand to start using lethal force. So I have a couple questions for that. At this point now, and I understand hindsight's 2020, is there a need for much greater, less than lethal force capability on officers at the time or available to officers at the time that they have less than lethal capabilities and clearer rules of engagement of what to do if you have a group of individuals come into the building unauthorized? So, uh, so just for a little clarification, we do train for people trying to get into the building. We don't train for, when I said, an insurrection of thousands of people. Right. Uh, and our officers do have less lethal capability that they carry with them. With hindsight being what it is from January 6th, uh, absolutely, I think there needs to be uh, additional training, additional equipment uh, to consider this type of attack in the future. 
Well, the, the challenge is we all watched this summer. In fact, this committee at Homeland Security had a hearing on the assaults on a federal courthouse in Portland and went through and all of us saw for a month uh, individuals just attack that courthouse day after day after day. And we saw the techniques that were used. Some of those same techniques were used by individuals that came in here. I'm not saying it was the same individuals, but some of those same techniques of trying to be able to work to the fence, to be able to find it, to be able to find a way to be able to attack officers. So the challenge is that we saw that, there, that this was rising, I guess, that people were watching on TV, uh, people attacking a federal institution all summer long. And uh, it is a follow-up that we're going to have to do in the days ahead of how to be able to get less than lethal capability and to find ways to be able to stop any kind of assault uh, of a number of individuals uh, to be able to come on the Capitol. So I appreciate your service. I appreciate very much the officers uh, that continue to be able to serve because they've not had a gap. They've not had a break uh, since that time period. And I know you still interact with them, at least I hope you do. And uh, I would encourage you to pass on from us our gratitude. And we're all looking at this as a hindsight 2020 saying why couldn't you read the tea leaves uh, at this particular scrap of intelligence that came in the night before none of us saw it at this level and uh, so we're grateful for the service to continue to do and let's find the lessons we can learn thank you very much sir i know they appreciate your support as well as the support of congress they're they're a hell of a police agency okay thank you senator langford next uh, thank you for your patience senator carver yeah, my, my pleasure. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, Chief Conti, as a former governor of the first state of Delaware, for eight years, I recall numerous instances. All right, folks, again, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. We're going to dip back into that. I don't want to um, go on and on. There were parts of the that have been interesting. I, I think what we'll do is, because uh, obviously I find the situation what happened with the Capitol, just like many of you, I mean, I find it very interesting. But I think the uh, better course of action will be that we'll, um, we'll dip in and out, and I'll take some of the the better uh, uh, audio bites that are then um, put out about it as opposed to just running it all live. Folks, right now at um, 17 minutes past 12, <coughs> excuse me, on this Tuesday, this portion of the program is brought to you by West Fountain Auto Body. Now, remember, with all this snow and ice, a lot of melting, there's a lot of ice out there. There's a lot of melting out there. Call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340, 401 272-3340 West Fountain Auto Body, located at 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Call Kenny. Were you in an accident? Did someone hit your car? Did someone damage your vehicle? They will fix it and they'll handle everything for you. West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. 401-272-3340 for West Fountain Auto Body. Now, Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo. Now, what is the latest? You're wondering right now at 1218, what exactly is the latest regarding Governor Amundo and when will she get her Senate confirmation? Um, oh, this is just in Trump to attend private RNC donor retreat. This is the beginning, folks. This is the beginning where he starts to make the comeback. But let me play. Um, so Governor Amundo, just so we're all clear. Uh, Ted Nisi of WPRI, he has tweeted out that apparently looks like Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee will be governor about a week from now. Still no uh, announcement of his senior staff appointments, but it looks like the vote is going to take place next week. That apparently even Chuck Schumer has weighed in and Schumer is also saying that. He is pushing forward the vote along with Senators Reed and Whitehouse. So Schumer from the Senate floor said, we also hope to have a full Senate vote on Gina Raimondo, secretary nominee for secretary of commerce. Her nomination has been pending since February 3rd before the impeachment trial. So it certainly looks as though uh, she's going to get her her final Senate vote next week. And, you know, listen, for all parties involved, it can't come soon enough. Especially if you're incoming Governor McKee, like this is insane. They are trying to turn it around. Governor Mundo yesterday, the very end of the program, we dipped in and she was doing a Facebook Live with Dr. Scott. She's still trying to protect Dr. Scott. But that was uh, yesterday. She's trying to protect Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott that apparently the... 
the uh, governor, incoming Governor McKee people, they're just disgusted with Dr. Scott and this vaccine rollout. And there's just more stories that they don't have a plan. They certainly don't have a plan for. There are some people that are just housebound. And the Boston Globe has a story where this man that he had four strokes and he and his wife and she only leaves once a week to go to the, uh, the drugstore for him. He cannot. He's not supposed to leave the house. And then they finally got him and he. Um, he finally did, in fact, get his first shot. But it's very difficult. And you just wonder why they couldn't arrange to maybe have people go to them in the home. But I want to play. I'm going to put this up on the website a little bit later. You know, no one has called her out for this. But I'm just, I'm interested to see if on the national stage, if it, it is insight to, and uh, if you missed last hour, we had on Donna Perry, who's a, a writer, columnist for the Sun Chronicle, talking about with Governor Mundo. One of the problems with incoming Governor Dan McKee was she didn't like the optics of him being on stage. He didn't fit her narrative. Who did she want on stage? She's the only first female governor. She liked having Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott on stage, woman of color. She liked having Education Commissioner Fonte Green on stage with her at these briefings. She liked having even Margie O'Brien, a female, on stage with her. She liked having uh, Gina Coit, head of DEM. That was fine. And she actually didn't mind Smiley, although he's a white male, head of uh, director of administration. He's a gay white male, so that's why it was okay for him. She didn't want McKee on there, just an Irish white male. Um, But I, I wonder if on a national basis some of these people will start to tap into that. Think about that. The bumpy road. That that is whether they want to admit it or not. That's a form of discrimination. If in if uh, Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee were a person of color, or if he were Latino, or if he was transgender, or if he were gay, uh, that that you know, female, all of that would have been fine. But she had no interest in having the only white male. Well, she did have Stephen Pryor, the Commerce Secretary, and then they had some doctors. But early on, the only white male allowed on stage was. Um, heterosexual was her husband, first gentleman. But it's just some insight, and I wonder if on a national stage now, and I will have this up on the website a little bit later, listen to Governor Amundo talking about why she thinks women are better leaders than men. Now, before I play this, I want you to just understand it. Again, good afternoon to everybody tuning in on Facebook Live. Folks, if you want to watch the Facebook Live stream, again, we're using our temporary page You just find our uh, temporary page, and that is that we're using JDRI Radio FB Live. JDRI Radio FB Live, and you can uh, watch and be part of the live stream. Good afternoon to everyone that is enjoying that and interact and post comments with other people. But I just want you to, as I play this, um, could someone release a video saying that they think that men just are better leaders. Could someone release a video saying, I just think, or can you imagine if someone released a video saying, I just think, um, you, you can't say men. I'm, gonna get, I'm not going to get into all the hypotheticals. I will stick with this. She basically says women are better elected officials. My point is, if, if a man said that, can you imagine, or I guess we could do some hypotheticals. If someone... Asian said that, if someone Jewish said that, if someone, certainly a white male could not. But she feels it's okay to say women make better elected officials. And it didn't get a lot of attention, but I'm going to have it up on the website a little bit later today. And this is uh, Rhode Island Governor Gina Raimondo. She is all in on the gender thing. I mean, she is so far in on the gender thing. I don't, they, they make more rational decisions. So does that mean that men don't make rational 
<clears throat> decisions, this this gender war that is going on, and it's it's never ending. It is absolutely never ending, and that is true. She did appoint uh, Colonel Asumko to be the head of the Rhode Island State Police, and that was a disaster. That was an absolute disaster, but you're not supposed to talk about that. Folks, right now at 1225, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by R.E. Coogan and Heating. Coogie, call him. Uh, as R.E. Coogan and Heating says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. 401-732-6562. 401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan and Heating. If you are having a problem, now you can find them on Facebook. Their website is recooganheating.com. Plumbing, heating, and cooling. Let us into your home. R.E. Coogan Heating. Call them today. 401-732-6562. I think that's interesting. <clears throat> that um, I think it's interesting that President Trump is going to meet with donors because that's something that apparently he needs to. And I also want to play this weekend. He's going to have been invited to speak at CPAC. And there's some audio last night where Chris Schlapp, who we've had on the program, excuse me, Matt Schlapp was on with Cuomo, uh, brother number two. And they started going at it. It's pretty good sound. I want to play a few. This was Matt Schlapp. Now, this is about CPAC this weekend. And this is what it sounds like. Let's bring in the chairman of CPAC, Matt Schlapp. Good to see you, Matt. Why is this the right move for CPAC um, to give Trump the platform, uh, which somewhat presents him as a future prospect? Well, I mean, the reason why uh, it's for President Trump to be at CPAC is because he just spent four years uh, enacting the most conservative policy we've ever seen uh, from any president, certainly any Republican president. And 73 million Americans voted for him. Uh, They thought the policies helped make America strong. We weren't apologizing overseas. Uh, The forgotten men and women had great economic prospects. Right. And, you know, he simply did what he said he was going to do. So why not have How him speak? Insulting. It seems to me that it makes why would you invite him? That he would come back and uh, and talk to his followers and faithful and uh, talk about what's going to happen in the future. Because it makes CPAC um, tacitly endorsing his election force. What? What a jerk. I don't know what that means. Well, he lied about the election being a fraud and you having him there and giving him a platform seems to be your acknowledgement oh of the God. same. If you have him on the platform, then you're saying, so yeah, we like what he says. Spend, I'd, love, I'd love you to look at our agenda. We're actually going to spend a lot of time going through what happened in these states. Uh, you said several things in the previous interview that simply aren't true. You said that uh, these states were simply following state law. I was in no, I didn't. Nevada. That's simply not no, true. I didn't. Clark County, I, didn't, I didn't say Clark that. County was not following state law. I didn't law. say that. What okay. I said was... What, what do you mean? I'll tell you. What I said was... It is not true that any state decided that it was doing something wrong, and states get to decide, and it was adjudicated. You just don't like that you lost in the state. You don't like that the Supreme Court refused to see any merit to your claims. You don't like that when you say people voted in places where they didn't live, the numbers were lower than you suggested, and were found unimpressive to the court. You don't like those things, but those things are true. I don't. I don't like those things, but it's still very important that we go back to the idea of legal voting and people should be legally registered to vote in order to vote. That people, I don't think it's very controversial to say that people should vote one time. And when you're in the midst of a pandemic, yeah, but you don't have a significant number of people mail, who voted that more you than once. Be able to vote in two states. It's not conceptual. That's not true. It's not conceptual, though, Matt. I hear what you're saying. I've heard Chris, you say it just a lot. Just because you win, I'm just saying it's just not true. Well, you had me. You had me on that. You had me on the show, and you're telling me that saying that there was widespread illegal voting is false. And I'm trying to explain to you that, for instance, what they did in the state of Georgia, when they had an illegal consent decree to, to mind you, not verify the signatures of mail and ballots, which is what they also did in Clark County, essentially. That means that you have no security on the ballot that was mailed out without unsolicited vast uh, mail-in ballots. They were returned with no security. You can't have an election in another country that the State Department would accept these types of ground rules. So we got to go you back have to voting no in a legal and orderly Matt, manner. But Matt, you're making a straw man argument. It's a boogeyman argument. There is no proof of rampant fraud. Nobody's saying the process a- is perfect. You lost. 
And Let me now ask this question. you're going to keep that I'm going. Steve Scalise the other day on TV, you hear, you guys really want a conservative movement to be made on the back of a lie me, about the election? Let me just go through a couple things you just said. Sure. Joe Biden is my president, okay? He won the election. Good. That doesn't mean that there wasn't voter fraud, right. and voter irregularity yes. in the last election. That's right. And there's a Republican who goes <clears throat> to jail for, for, for voter fraud in North Carolina. Right. It can't just be Republican Republicans that commit voter fraud. When voter fraud occurs, no matter who, no, but you need to have proof fully that. prosecuted. And you have, have to have, have proof that it would have changed the outcome. We have it. You don't have, have it, but you're right. You're right. We do have it. You can't have, have it you because you had chances to produce it. You had chances to produce it. Matt, would you no. sit down? No, because you had your chance at this. You won't do it. Matt, you had your chance. Nobody. Matt, why do you address that dozens of lawsuits failed on this? Let me. Why ignore it? You're right. They did. They did fail. But guess what? You know this. You're a good lawyer. Just because you fail in court doesn't mean you don't have a good case. It means you're lost in court. And the fact remains that you can say it wasn't enough voter fraud. I don't think any voter fraud is acceptable. I actually think we should try to get rid of all of it. You should never be able to mail. You should never be able to vote through the mail in this country without somebody on the other side making sure it was you and Georgia sure that you're state a officials, registered voter. Georgia state you, you officials. You must agree with that. Georgia Chris, you, do you agree I, with what I just said? I you agree, must agree with, with I agree with the premise. I don't agree with the proposition of what happened. There is no proof that there was a problem based on your suspicion. Georgia said there I'll was no fraud. I'll show you the proof. Would you Georgia sit down with says me there was no and fraud. The proof. And these are your people. That's not right. They are Republicans. That's, that's not right. No, it is right. No, they said not right. No, I am right. Nobody ever said there was no. Nobody ever said there was no fraud in Georgia. What they actually the Georgia said officials was said that exactly they were going that. to not check the signatures. On the mailed-in ballots. And you, if you heard don't check the Georgia state the officials. Ballots, you you can't heard know Georgia's, if that's a legal ballot. Matt, and you can't run a democracy that way. Matt, listen. If you want to make things better, make them better. I'm just telling you, these arguments are making things I'm, worse. I do that every day, my friend. These are your I do that officials every day. I think in having, Georgia. From your party who said there was no fraud here. Stop not saying what he said. you're going to get us hurt. And then you did, Chris. <laughs> Chris. There was widespread voter fraud in the last election. Yes. In a bipartisan sense, Democrats and Republicans should agree on a couple things. You should be a registered voter to vote, certainly yep. if you're in a registration state. You should only vote once, and if you vote by mail, somebody at that election office should have to verify that signature according to the state statute. Yes. That did not happen in the state of Nevada That's and that right. did not happen in Georgia and that did not happen and in Georgia. And if you are going to qualify, you can say it's fine. I say let's never have an election like that ever again. I agree. Gonna, look, I, nobody should argue against improvements. What I'm saying is very simple and you know this. What Trump very did, good, very good. What Trump did was, well, first of all, these same issues came up four years ago. You guys had a deaf ear. You said the Democrats were sore losers and they didn't respect the process and they were undermining democracy. So let's not get on and our soapbox too You spent four fast. years saying there was Russian collusion and that there was That's not, right. that the election should be questioned. And Hillary Clinton said not only, Joe Biden, he should not never only, ever concede. And this, not is only, like, this is like hypocrisy. Hold on, like hold on, I've hold on. No, it's not. Here's why. Not only did I say there was collusion, I will say it now that there was collusion. Collusion is not a crime. It's a behavior. And Trump's people did what they do best. They did dumb things for bad reasons. But look, you made your arguments. I gave you your time. We'll look and see what happens at CPAC. Bob Mueller found no, found no collusion, my friend. He did not he find no, no collusion. Collusion, collusion is not a crime. He wasn't even he looking no at collusion. it as such. Learn to read, my brother. It's he right said in the details. There was, I gotta there was go. nothing inappropriate with Russia yeah. in the 2016 election. He never said Good that. Good to see you, my friend. never said it. Good to see you. He did. I'm glad to yes. You know, he is... Um, he is exactly right on that. He is, uh, that's my lap of uh, CPAC. Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. This portion of the program right now at 1235. You know, I'm glad that, um, that he is calling out Cuomo on that. And there was some very important points made with that. In, re in relation to the fact that, and, and a lot of it comes down to, I have a problem with the way that our local election, uh, even locally, was characterized. But this portion of the program is brought to you by Competition Shooting Supplies. Call them today, 
727-1716. 435 Benefit Street, Pawtucket. For firearms, ammunition, accessories, they also have a good Facebook page. It's competition shooting supplies. It's simple to get to. You take the last exit off of 95 in Rhode Island. You're going to drive past the Attleboro train station. And then you, you take exit 2A. And then you arrive right there. Competition shooting supplies. 435 Benefit Street in Pawtucket. Now... You know, the expression, those who ignore history are condemned to repeat it. And to me, a good example <clears throat> um, has to do with the interview and the story that was in the Boston Globe and the Rhode Island Republican Party. And Susie Yankee, who is the chairperson, who's up for a vote again next month, Urging voters stay in the Republican Party, work to improve the system. If Republicans are upset, get involved in your city and town. If you're leaving, what does it prove? Now, this whole thing was a story saying that all these people are leaving the party because of the um, what happened at the Capitol. Does Trump's insistence that was voter fraud end up hurting local Republicans was the question. Sianke, I'm not President Trump with different people. Well, I am certainly glad she explained that in the interview. Whew. You know, I didn't realize that. Oh, really? They're different people? My message and what I'm concerned about is what happens here. Now, even a PC political science person said that's wishful thinking. State, local Republicans escape the national direction of the party. This business, I'm not President Trump, we're different people. That is a swing and a miss answer. What does that mean? Well, we're different people. Sienke says she's optimistic. Because Republican legislators didn't lose seats in the General Assembly, even outperformed Trump. GOP challenger Barbara Ann Fenton Fung took on Nick Mattiello and beat him. Yeah, but the party had nothing to do with that. That was all Barbara Ann Fenton Fung. That was Team Fung in Cranston that got that win. When we focus on local and state issues, they can perform well. Well, the fact they didn't lose seats, this should have been an opportunity to gain seats. This business had even outperformed Trump. President Trump got two, almost 200,000 votes in Rhode Island. He got more votes than Governor Amundo did to be elected governor in 2018. Now, people say, well, there's more turnout. Uh, yeah, I'm aware there's more turnout in a presidential election. I still think it's pretty significant that President Trump got more votes in Rhode Island than Gina Raimondo. For a guy that's supposedly so unpopular. The Rhode Island GOP needs voters. It also needs good candidates. Sianke's concerned about people who left the party because they don't believe in the election process anymore. Here's the quote. You ready for this? This is the Rhode Island GOP chairwoman. We've had her on the program, Sue Sianke. Sianke said she believed the election was fair. But admitted the local party struggled to break through the conspiracy theories and misinformation while mail balloting how the votes were tallied. We have to talk about how do we make the system better for everyone. Win, lose, or draw, you have to faith in the outcome. Why are you saying that the election was fair? Rhode Island, we're to believe that 520,000 people voted. You know what just she just did? First of all, Susie Yankee did a video saying we're doing a deep dive to get to the results of this. Why did you just say it was fair? This last election, Noli Gorbia, they were using unnotarized mail ballots. What happened? When you go on record and say the election was fair, what? You don't think that's going to come back to bite you when you try to get into They have to do something about the mail ballots. They're not going to win an election if you're going to have early voting. Cicilline was cheating in the elections when there were notarized mail ballots. Why would you say the election is fair? Why would you say any of this stuff? Why wouldn't you say, I'm very concerned the way the election was conducted? No. Do you think there was widespread fraud? We're very concerned. Going forward, we cannot have unnotarized mail ballots. Can't have it. No, but that's not said. Well, I believe the election. How can you say the election was fair? Biden got 80 million votes. Does anyone believe that? I don't believe it. Biden got 520,000 votes in Rhode Island. Excuse me, 300,000. 300,000. And the 520,000 people voted. I don't believe that. 
up and down the ballot, all these Democrats won with mail ballots. Why would you say the election was fair? I don't get that. Why? Now you try to reform it, and they're going to say, well, you just said the election was fair. Why are we going to change anything? Folks, let me be very clear right now at 1240. And good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Good afternoon to everybody on Facebook Live or if you're listening on the website. If, if going forward, just in Rhode Island, if going forward, if they don't get a handle on these mail ballots, you will never see another Republican elected governor, lieutenant governor, General Treasurer, Attorney General, they'll never win a statewide election. If you don't get a handle on these ballots and the way the voting is done, and that she doesn't even mention, where's the talk about the concern about the bloated voter list? Where is the talk that Rhode Island's one of the few states that they don't even publish the voting list? There were 300,000 extra names on the Rhode Island voting list. Why would you be in quotes? Sienke said she believed the election was fair. And I know what she would say. She would say, well, what am I supposed to say? There was massive fraud. You have to set the parameters now. Oh, do they want to go now to the state house and say, yeah, we don't want mail ballots anymore. You just said it was fair. They're not going to revise anything. See, this becomes the definition of insanity. Again, this was Boston Globe. Rhode Island GOP, I'm not trying to beat them up. I'm not trying to beat them up. When you do an interview like this, you have to get out your message. Some say I'm never going to vote again because they don't believe in elections. Boy, that's inspiring. Why don't you follow it up with, therefore, we need a published voter list. Therefore, we need to purge the voter rolls. Therefore, what happened to the big deep dive? Oh, my God. The whole gist of this story is basically that the Rhode Island Republican Party lost a lot of people because of what happened at the Capitol. Now, that was what the author, the writer for the article, that's what they would try to get across. But you can't play into that. You can't accept that. You have to say, do you you think a lot of people... Here would be the question, all right? Do you think a lot of people left the Rhode Island Republican Party because of January 6th? I would say it would be my answer. Ready? I'm GOP chair. You know, actually the opposite. Because Black Lives Matter and Antifa destroyed and rioted in every major city last year, we, including Providence and the riot, you know, as a result of that, we, we see people coming into the party. We see the party growing. We see the party saying that they want to join the party that doesn't want to defund the police. They want to join the party that doesn't fly Black Lives Matter flag over Barrington Town Hall. They want to join the party that don't have their voters uh, destroying Federal Hill and rioting at Providence Place Mall. There's the, the blanking answer. Here's back to GOP Chairwoman Sienke. People left because they were turned off. By President Trump, particularly women living in the suburbs. Why would you say that? Is that supposed to look good in print? How about the fact, you know, women in the suburbs, we're finding that they don't agree with defund the police. We're finding that they don't like the Democrat progressive uh, mantra to release all the prisoners from the ACI. We're finding a lot of people want to come into our party because they're disgusted about the public school teachers and the unions, how they won't go back into school. Therefore, we are a party that is growing. Why would you say many were turned off by President Trump? Why are a lot of suburban women living in the suburbs? Are they big supportive as Antifa? Were they cheering on the rioters, destroying Providence, destroying all our major cities? Back to Sienke. They didn't like the violence at the Capitol by Trump supporters and far-right extremists. And the constant drumbeat of voter fraud, Trump led to disillusionment at the local level. How do you know there wasn't blanking voter fraud? Like, what, what exactly is going to be accomplished by this interview? Is this being done for the Republican Party or the Democrat Party? Why would you say these things? 
Mike Fode was blowing up at this. Who would? Are you kidding me? What is the point of this? Mention the riots of last summer. Mention the fact that these were unnotarized mail ballots. Mention the fact that illegals are allowed to vote. What is the point of an interview like this doing more destruction? Well, I'm not President Trump. Well, I'm certainly blank and glad that was clarified. Yeah, we know that. He got 75 million votes. He actually brought a lot of people into the party. God almighty, folks. I mean, I try to be supportive. But why would you? I get the ammo. But you have to push back in some way. You know, yeah, the afternoon at the Capitol, a bunch of Trump supporters went inside with their hats and flags and took selfies. One afternoon for two hours. What happened last summer into the fall? Every night, late into the night, burning, looting, destruction, killing people. Why don't you push back on that? A lot of women in the suburbs are uncomfortable with President Trump. Oh, really? Do a lot of women in the suburbs, do a lot of them want to have the Second Amendment abused? Do a lot of them want to support defunding the police? Do a lot of them like the fact that the Black Lives Matter flag is flown over Barrington Town Hall? Do a lot of them want to, de- as I said, defund the police and have this ab- progressive agenda? If you lost your mind and you accept that? And now we find the, the big poster child was the Capitol Police officer who was not murdered by the mob. So only family said that. His family has said, we're still trying to find out what happened to him. He was not beaten to death by the Trump people. That's all a lie. Five people died at the Capitol. Two of them had heart attacks on the sidewalk well away from the Capitol. And both of the families of the men that that died from stroke and heart attack. Their families even said, one wife said, I told him not to go. He had high blood pressure. He had diabetes. He was obese. I told him not to go. There was a lot of walking. He was on the phone with me. He had a heart attack and died. Had nothing to do with the Capitol. Ashley Babbitt was shot and killed for no reason inside, unarmed. And they try to say, well, that Capitol police officer was beaten to death. His own family said, no, he was never hit in the head. No, he spoke with family afterwards. He talked to his brother-in-law. He had an allergic reaction to tear gas and pepper spray. God almighty. Listen, I get it. I totally get it that the media is asking you these questions. You don't have to hand them the bullets to the gun. How do you not mention the voting system in Rhode Island the way we just had the election? They want to make it the norm. And you just said, well, we had a fair election. Well, then I guess there's really no reason to change anything. What is wrong? No, the election was not fair. It wasn't normal and it can't become the norm. We should vote on election day. That voting list needs to be published. We need to purge it of the names of the 300,000 extra names. This is ridiculous. You will never win another statewide election. That is true. Bob Rand Fenton Fung ran a great campaign on her own with her husband and defeated Mattiello. That's a local Cranston election. And he was very damaged from the trial and all the other corruption surrounding him. I'm talking about statewide, talking about a Senate race, talking about a race for governor, talking about the voter fraud that is going on in the city of Providence. But when you say to the media in the Boston Globe, I think we had a fair election. Well, then there you go. Then there's no reason. Why would you change anything? If I were on the other side, if I were Nellie Gorbia and the Democrats and the, the Republican Party chair just said on the record to the media, I think we had a fair election. I would never let them live that down. And you're not changing a thing. If you think, why would we change it if we had a fair election? Why would you say that? I can't prove massive, but no one's talking about proving massive voter fraud. 
Nelly Gorbia saying we had the perfect election. I don't believe that. The highest vote total was Barack Obama, 2008, 475. We're led to believe that Biden got 50,000 more votes than Obama. No way. Didn't happen. Absolutely not. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. It's always the extreme. I can't prove massive voter fraud. No one's asking you to. Why don't you just get, oh, I don't know, one ballot kicked. Can we agree probably at least one person voted that wasn't supposed to? Someone voted twice. Illegals that are registered to vote and then were voting by mail ballot. You don't think that was going on? How about all the unsolicited mail ballots that went to people's homes? And you do an interview and say, I think it was a fair election. Well, then I, and I, then I hope you don't mind losing because you're going to lose and you're going to lose big time. And you're never going to, you think they're going to change anything? They're getting better at it. Why do you think they're having this other election next month? They want to perfect the mail ballots again. That's all that is. They're going to ram all this stuff through for the unions. <sighs> Folks, at some point, the novelty, the, the amateur hour has to stop. You know, when, you, when you're, listen, and I'm not saying it's friendly press. Well, they have an agenda. We know they have an agenda. Of course they have an agenda. Are you kidding me? When did they didn't have agenda? Why do you think they want to talk to you is because they have an agenda? I repeat, just because they have a gun doesn't mean you have to hand them the bullets. I think it was a fair election. Well, wow. talk about famous last words. Thanks a lot. <clears throat> Folks, this portion of the program is brought to you by It's My Health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. Call her at 401-305-3585. Vitamins, herbal remedies, local products like a kai berry, over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices, hemp and CBD products. It's my health. Stop it and see them right across from Davenport Restaurant. Marie is open today, and she's open tomorrow and Thursday, and it's sunny and dry. Shop local. Support a local store. And also... Pick up a bottle of the incredible antioxidant acai berry. You only need a little bit of this each day. Isn't that a beautiful bottle? And it's incredible antioxidant. Now, later I am going to put up uh, the Governor Amundo video of her saying women make better leaders than men. Uh, when you visit the website, dipetro.com, dipetro.com, which is sponsored by Relax Souls, Reflexology, Lisa Wood, Text or call her at 401-742-6621. Relax Souls, S-O-L-E-S. 401-742-6621. Now, reflexology, it's different than massage because Lisa works on hands, feet, face. It'll alleviate stress, healing from inside out, boost the immune function, face, ear, hands, and feet, Reflexology, Lisa Wood, 401-742-6621. Well, folks, good afternoon at 1253. It's John You know, I um, <clears throat> someone sent me that article yesterday. I had said initially, you know, I'm not going to talk about it. I don't. I try to root for the, the people that are trying to do the right thing. But... I, I'm I'm like a patriot, you know. I try to. You have to be objective, um, and you give an example. It's like people that try to maintain. I can't say Cam Newton is the best quarterback just because he's the quarterback of the Patriots. There was a report. Somebody was saying today. Should I? I don't want to see Cam Newton come back to the Patriots. I'm a loyal Patriot fan, but I like to see the team win. That guy can't play anymore. He was never the same after COVID. I don't know what the hell happened. But the Patriots need a new quarterback. They should have stuck with Brady. They should have paid him what he wanted. Could have had another Super Bowl. My point is, I don't go out of my way. I initially said, you know, as I was talking to people yesterday, I'm going to try to be supportive. But this is just like a recipe for failure. This is um, this is not a strategy to win. I can't. I don't like the uh, the either ors. Right? Either there was massive voter fraud or there was none. Why does it have to be that way? 
That's why, you know, Matt Schlepp saying to Chris Cuomo, just just because uh, we can't prove there wasn't there was massive voter fraud doesn't mean there wasn't voter fraud. I, I, I admit it does bother me that Secretary of State Nellie Gorbia gets to carry on as if she implemented the perfect election when I am there's nothing about it that makes sense. And unfortunately, the party that it falls on to try to get to the bottom of it is the Republican Party. It just is. They have to raise the objections. I didn't say it's fair. Uh, I'm sure they feel that's the last thing they want to do. But if they don't do it, no one else is going to do it. Now, as far as Governor Amundo, right now, Senator Whitehouse and Senator Reid are trying to get Senator Schumer to get a full Senate vote on her confirmation for Commerce Secretary. Uh, the longer this goes on, it is um, it, it just makes things more difficult. And, I, you know, I don't I don't really know. I'm getting to know a little bit like uh, many other people as far as. Um, incoming Governor, Lieutenant Governor Dan McKee. But the fact that he's putting it out there and willing to um, look at replacing that Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott, the, the fact that he's looking at results says a lot. Because Governor Amundo and these other people, you know, the, the vaccine situation has just been a disaster. And, and these people that there has to be pushback of who the people that the media want to anoint and then what reality is. Someone who's right now dealing with reality is the governor of New York, Cuomo. Pandemic approval plunges. He's going for he wants a fourth term. His approval rating is now down to 54 percent. It was 72 percent. And it's going to keep going down. And it should go down. That's a disgrace to what that guy has done. Complete disgrace. Now, the media and his brother and CNN and everything else were anointing the guy, Cuomo, just like Biden said, that he they felt they, he was the gold standard. Tell that to someone in New York whose parents died in a nursing home. And ask them if they think that the way Cuomo's handled things was the gold standard. They're going to tell you no. Folks, I also want to remind you, please visit the website, petro.com If you want to get a hold of me, if you want to email me, learn more about the show, plus some of the exclusive stories we have, petro.com which is brought to you by Allstate Lock, residential, commercial, car keys, security cameras, allstatelock.com. Call them 401 349 I highly encourage you to have security cameras set up outside your home or business all state lock can do that for you at 401-349-0042, 401-349-0042, or you can link right through at the website, which is allstatelock.com. So it is right now 1259. Folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, depetro.com. Now we have another full hour to go. Next hour is radio only. Again, try in your radio, plug in in your car, 99.9 FM, or the AM 1380 is a flamethrower, and it reaches a good majority. You can always listen at the website, which is petro.com. Next hour, more sound of Governor Mundo yesterday as they continue to try to insist that everything's going well. Plus, we'll dip in a little bit on the Capitol hearing. But the more that is coming out, you know, we are getting more information. It was it was a rough day, but... Um, but we are finding, I think the biggest news out of that is that Capitol Police officer was not killed by the crowd. That is a lie that was put forward on the other side. It was uh, continued, and it simply wasn't true. So we're going to break for the 1 o'clock news. Folks, stay with us, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. A lot more ahead. Leave it right here. It's 1 o'clock. A lot more ahead on the John DePietro Show.